You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Sunday, January 15th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive, and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get six dollars off your order of sixty dollars or more, and up to forty percent off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of forty nine dollars or more. Six dollars off, up to forty percent off. From Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List that you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash best. B-E-S-T. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And, you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So, in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Now here's this week's installment. Improve your dog training with prompts and fading. 
There's a fundamental law of positive reinforcement training. In order to reinforce the behavior you want, that behavior has to actually happen so that you can reinforce it. The same is true of more traditional methods that use corrections. If the behavior we want doesn't happen, we're just nagging the dog with our not that corrections. So getting the dog to do something like what we want is the beginning of training a behavior. All behaviors start somewhere. Some are just natural to being a dog. Other behaviors like shake a paw or touching a target with their nose are extensions of natural abilities. And some behaviors, like getting your dog to back up between your legs, are within the physical abilities of the dog, but not something they would ever do even by accident. So training a dog to do a particular behavior is actually asking them to do things they are able to do in a particular order of our choosing. But how do we get them to understand what we want and the order we want it to happen in? No matter what training philosophy you use, the important thing is for the dog to learn what we want. We need to get to that moment where we can say, that's right, that's what I was looking for. In mark and reward training, we use a marker, like a click, to tell the dog when we see the behavior we are looking for, and then reward them with a treat or a toy or some play for their efforts. But how does the dog discover what behavior they should be doing in the first place? It can depend on the behavior we're training. If it's a naturally occurring behavior like sit or down, we could just wait until the dog naturally does that behavior and then mark and reward it. It's a process called capturing, where a natural behavior is captured and reinforced. But we might be carrying around food treats or a toy for an hour or more, and that's not particularly convenient. If what we are teaching is a more complex behavior that our dog doesn't do naturally, we could be waiting even longer. Many trainers, myself included, often use a tried-and-true method of getting behaviors relatively quickly. It's called prompting. We are all familiar with prompts. We use them every day. A prompt is anything we use to help communicate the action we want to happen. If I ask you to hand me that pencil, I might point to the pencil on the desk. The pointing gesture is a prompt to get you to reach for that particular pencil. Prompts come in a lot of different forms, and some are more easily understood than others. Some prompts need to be learned, while others are instinctive and seem to be understood due to some internal wiring. Let's take a look at some general categories of prompting. Instinctive Casual Prompting Some behaviors are built into our dogs. For example, a dog will instinctively follow motion, having evolved from a predator, the wolf. So a wave of the hand will get a dog to turn their head in the direction of that motion. Following instincts are strong, especially in puppies, and many dogs will stretch into a bow after getting up from lying down. Being ready to reinforce the bow is making use of a known behavior. Molding prompts this is probably the most obvious form of prompting. To mold a behavior, we physically move the dog into the position or action that we want. We are probably familiar with pushing down on a dog's rump to get them to sit. Another example would be picking up a paw to teach shake hands. A variation of this is to place obstacles in the dog's way so they can only move in certain directions. Lure prompts. Luring engages the dog's sense of smell. By offering a food lure and moving it in front of the dog, we can lead them through any number of behaviors. 
A dog's interest in food is instinctive, but they also have to devote some thinking to what they are doing with their body, so they don't trip or bump into things. That awareness is what makes luring work as a prompt. Targeting prompts. Targeting is a learned skill. It involves teaching a dog to use their nose or paw to touch a specific target, such as the end of a stick or a closed fist. Then, by positioning the target, the dog can be prompted to perform a behavior on their way to touch that target. For example, you could place the target on the other side of an obstacle the dog has to jump over. The trick with using prompts to teach behaviors is that they can become too obvious to the dog during training. If you place a chair near the wall to help teach your dog to back up, does your dog end up believing that the chair must be there in order for them to back up? It's possible for the prompt to become part of the behavior itself, and this is where the concept of fading becomes important. Fading is the process of making a prompt less and less obvious, so the dog learns to ignore the prompt and focus on the desired behavior instead. This can be challenging because the prompt was there to help the dog get the behavior in the first place. So fading the prompt may result in the dog losing understanding or focus. Think of it like helping a child to learn to ride a bicycle. You want to offer enough help for them to be successful, but not so much that you are doing all of the work for them. Gradually, you help less and less until they are riding the bike on their own completely. Let me give you an example. Let's say I want to teach my dog to turn in a circle. I'll use a food lure as a prompt. To begin training, I would offer a food treat in my hand in front of my dog's nose and slowly move it in a large circle so that they follow the hand walking after it in a circle. The first step in fading that prompt would be to use an empty hand but doing the same motion. I've taken away the smell they were following, and they are now visually following my hand. The next steps would be to make the motion of my hand smaller and smaller until the large circle became a small circle, and the small circle becomes a mere wave of my hand. And I will use that as my cue for that behavior in future. It's easy for prompts to become important to behaviors for many dogs if not faded quickly enough. Remember, when I start teaching my dog a behavior, she doesn't know what is and isn't important to being successful. It's my job as the trainer to show her the important parts and get the unnecessary stuff out of there as soon as I can. So taking some care in choosing how I'm going to prompt a behavior I wish to train is important. Knowing how I'm going to fade that prompt is just as important, perhaps more important. A poorly chosen prompt that becomes too obvious can be disruptive when you start to fade it. If the dog thinks it's critical to the behavior. Things may break down, and they may become confused or frustrated as you attempt to fade the prompt. Think of the analogy of charades. Sometimes a player can get started down the wrong track, and it can be difficult to get them back on track. The good news is that we can always start teaching again with new prompts and be sure to fade more carefully. If prompts can be intrusive and disruptive to the training process, then no prompts would be ideal. There's no fading, but we could wait a long time for a dog to figure out how to weave between the poles for agility, or sit and wait for their leash to be put on. Reality is, we're going to use prompts, and if that's the case, we should at least be smart about it. I try to choose prompts I'm familiar with. 
prompts that I know won't be too interesting or distracting for my dog, and prompts that I have a reasonable plan for fading out of the behavior. Generally, prompting is the strongest at the start of a new behavior and gets less as learning progresses. I see it as a two-steps-forward, one-step-back kind of process. I will reduce my prompting until I see the dog start to struggle a bit, and then add back a little more prompting, but not as much as was there before. I'm always careful to make sure I give enough help to keep my dog successful most of the time. Too much failure, and it's not fun to play training games anymore. We all use prompts, but we don't always think through how or when we want to fade them. Sometimes we end up leaving some of the prompting in permanently. Ever see someone who has to bend over their dog to get them to sit? That's leftover prompting that never got faded. If the trainer wants that, that's great. If not, well, maybe he should have thought about prompting and fading before he started training that behavior. Prompting and fading seem like such simple concepts until you start looking at them more closely. Unfortunately, our dogs look at them closely every time we train something new. So, I think it's not too much to ask that we pay some attention to how we want to approach using prompts and how we make them less important during our training. Give it a think, and we'll talk more about prompting in the new year. For now, go and have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Betty White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today, toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eye leash? On Pet Life Radio.